Well, hey, everybody. About this time of year, parents start thinking about whether or not they're going to send their kids to summer camp. This is a question I got in here today at Mailbox Monday, along with several other questions that are very interesting and diverse. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, welcome to the show, you guys. As you can see, for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, I am back in the studio Uh, Still recovering and still walking a little slow, but I really appreciate you guys bearing with me as I have not been on video lately, but we're back and very excited to be here. I want to bring you guys up to speed on a couple of things that are going on with me. First of all, I want to let you know that I'm going to be all over the country this summer out speaking. I'm very much looking forward to it. Starting coming right up March 23rd through the 25th, I will be at Teach Them Diligently In Round Rock, Texas, I'm bringing an entirely new speaking series with me to teach them diligently this year. Very, very excited about that. We're going to be talking about how you can become an agent for change, how you can light a thousand fires wherever you are, because God wants to use you. And I cannot wait to see what he does as uh, as we're out on the road this year. So March 23rd through 25th at Teach Them Diligently. After that, I will be speaking for my friends at the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter for Answers for Women. That happens March 30th through April 1st. I am told that this event is now sold out, but you can buy tickets online and live stream to that event. So check that out, the Answers for Women's Conference uh, in Williamstown, Kentucky at the Ark Encounter. I'm going to be returning to Anchorage, Alaska this year. Very excited about that. April 20th through the 22nd. Uh, I will be at their homeschool convention. And you can check that out at aphea.org. And then on April 21st through the 22nd, I will be doing a virtual presentation for my friends for Discerning Biblical Truth, a conference for bereaved parents. That is streaming to you guys from Tulsa, Oklahoma. April 29th, I will be at the Homeschool Northland Convention in Hermantown, Minnesota. So that is my April and March schedule. And I will be, obviously, I'm speaking for the Homeschool Week for the Ark Encounter. You guys, I can't stress it enough. If you have never taken your kids to the Ark Encounter, it is worth every penny. It's going to be worth all the trouble that you go to to pack your kids up into the car and drive for their homeschool experience. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But it's one of my favorite events, one that I look forward to every year. So check it out, you guys. I have a very busy schedule. I can't wait to see you out on the road. If you'd like to bring me to your neck of the woods, and I'd love to hear from you, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com, click click on the Speakers tab, and instructions for how to invite me to your event will be found there. All right, I'm going to jump right into your question, starting with a public school question from an anonymous listener in California. She is wanting to know what my thoughts are on using the public school system for kids with disabilities in the extensive needs class. She's asking if this is wise. So I have, as many of you know, um, a couple of nephews. I have a nephew and a niece. My niece has Down syndrome and I have a nephew who's struggling with autism. And both of those cases, um, their parents have chosen to utilize the help that comes from the public school system. As in every situation, I'm going to refer you back to the wisdom that's found in the Word of God. The Bible says that the training and teaching of your children is your primary responsibility. And there are circumstances where we need to get help. And this is one of those cases where I feel like it's been beneficial for both my niece and my nephew as I've watched uh, them walk through some of these programs. Very important. And this is what I would stress 
in this situation, as in all the situations, whenever you are uh, interacting in the public school system, you've got to be aware of what your children are being taught. So just because they're in a special needs program doesn't mean that they're going to be uh, that they're not going to be inundated or exposed to comprehensive sex education, gender ideology, a lot of the stupid things that are being pushed on our children in the public school system. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's sin to engage in a program, especially when it comes to uh, something like special needs where you're needing to get help for your child. Uh, we, I've had a couple other family members who have had kids with similar issues that didn't access the public school system. We have a program right here at the Homeschool Resource Center where we're helping parents with special needs kids. And I think that there are more and more programs available for special needs kids that can go outside of the public school system. So my recommendation to parents is always to first look outside of the public school system. And if you can't find anything outside, then obviously, uh, you know, check it out what's going on in the public school system. I'm going to go back to also something that I touched on last week because it sort of keeps ringing in my head, this idea that. Christians who are teachers in the public school system, and many of them that I know also work with special needs kids, and they feel that people like me or people who are you know, very, very critical of the public school system don't support Christian teachers in the public school. Nothing could be further from the truth. I believe that there needs to be more, not less, Christians in the public schools, more, not less, Christian parents engaging with school boards and uh, getting onto curriculum review committees. I think it's so important. We're starting to see some victories here in the public school system from parents who are engaging in these topics. I just heard recently of parents who have been very proactive in the LaCenter School District here in Clark County, Washington, and they took to task these, um, you know, the alphabet mafia pushing pronouns on the students. And what the parents went to bat for was to say, Listen, this policy of allowing a child, a student, to choose his or her own pronoun and then not telling the parent that's what's wrong. And I think there were 31 teachers and staff in the listener school district who do not want parents informed when their children decide that they want to go by a different identity or be referred to as a different pronoun. And it is absolutely inconceivable to me that parents would not be informed of these kinds of decisions. Now, these teachers will tell you, well, it's because, you know, sometimes the families aren't safe. Oh, okay. So because a parent disagrees with a child wanting to get on cross-sex hormones and think he's wrong and born in the wrong body, a parent disagrees and therefore a teacher in the public school system will say, well, you're not a safe place. Uh, eh, Wrong. What's not safe is for parents not to know that this kind of ideology is injuring their children and the children are starting to buy into it. And so I'm happy to see these changes being made in the uh, in the Lacenter School District, whereby they're not saying that they won't play the pronoun game, but they're saying, which is horrific in and of itself, but what they are saying is they won't exclude parents. So bravo for the superintendent in the Lacenter School District for at least saying we're going to include parents and not exclude them from the decisions that are affecting their children. Krista in New Hampshire wants my thoughts on using curriculum that was uh, created by people that are not uh, that are not a born again Christian, she said, "Heidi, our family has recently befriended some Latter Day Saints families, and I've been educating myself on this religion as much as possible. As a homeschool mom of four, I have considered utilizing material from companies that are run by Mormons, but I've been hesitant 
due to the author's being of the Mormon religion. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this curriculum and others that are written and created by people from other religions. All right. So I get this question and, you know, whenever I answer it, people are they're mad at me no matter what I say. And one of the one of the curriculum that comes up consistently is one called the good and the beautiful. And I will be perfectly transparent with you and tell you that my daughter, my oldest daughter, is using the good and the beautiful curriculum with two of her boys. I've looked through it. I actually love it. I think it's beautiful. We need to be wise in uh, in the in the things that we teach our children. But I also think that shunning a particular curriculum or a book series because it was the authors are Mormon is foolish. Look at the at the books that they're writing. Look at the curriculum that they're doing. If they're teaching things that are contrary to the word of God, you can point them out. But oftentimes I see listeners of my show just rejecting these things, even though the teachings aren't teaching about the Mormon religion. They're talking about politics or they're talking about history or they're talking about uh, handwriting or whatever it is. And because it was written by a Mormon or written by uh, a Jehovah's Witness or written by a Buddhist, you just reject it. Uh, on its face. And I don't I don't agree with that. And so I I'm seeing I look for good curriculum. And if there are things in the curriculum that I don't like, and frankly, there have been things in curricula that was written by uh, Christians that I disagree with. Look at the at the curriculum. And if you see something in it that you disagree with, talk to your children about it or don't include it in the lesson plan. But um. That's that's my take on that. I realize some of you guys are going to write into me and, and be mad at me for it, but that's how I feel about it. By now, you guys know about my grave concern regarding our public education system here in the United States. Our children today are being taught a revisionist history, and they're made to believe that America is systemically racist. Our monuments are being torn down, vilified, and destroyed. But in the midst of all the cultural chaos, I've got some good news for you. Created for kindergarten through second graders, the Otto's Tales Storybook Series by PragerU is a fun, meaningful, and easy way to bring your family closer together while passing on the values, history, and traditions that unite us all as Americans. PragerU offers over 200 free episodes, books, and magazines that are designed to bring you guys closer together, and I'm telling you what, you're going to love it. Check out the sweet storytime show for young kids that celebrates American values through classic folk tales and adventures about America's holidays, traditions, and important destinations. PragerU Kids is here to preserve American history with a new season of Otto's Tales that takes readers on adventures to visit important destinations like the Statue of Liberty, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, Mount Rushmore, and more. Learn about Otto's Tales and teach your children why America is a special place by visiting HeidiStJohn.com forward slash offers. That's HeidiStJohn.com forward slash offers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Had a great comment come in on my show with my friend John Branion. Remember, he was the comedian that we had on here, and he was talking about comedy being a fruit of suffering. And she wrote in and said, Heidi, comedy is almost like cursive writing. 
It's becoming a lost art. Yeah, you right. You guys may have seen Woody Harrelson on Saturday Night Live. Who knows if they'll have him on again. But he basically made a sketch and pointed out the fact that we have been uh, hijacked by drug cartels in this country. And he uh, made a joke about, you know, hey, the movie goes like this, you know, talked about a movie script and how bizarre it would be if um, the, the plot of the movie was that the drug cartels buy up all the pharmaceuticals and then they force people to take them, uh, even if they didn't want to. And obviously he's, you know, making fun of the Rona. But uh, people weren't laughing. And you're right. Comedy is like cursive writing. It definitely is becoming an, a lost art. I was very happy to hear Woody say that. Some people have said that he was making fun of of uh, conservatives. I didn't think so. I thought what he said was great. She says, we have way too much sarcasm in my house to ever get away from laughing. And she hopes that John Branning gets invited several places, especially churches. So I love that. She said, a few years ago, we had Johnny at Johnny W. at our church, he poked fun at the homeschool mom. I'm a homeschooling mom for 19 years, and I I bought both the shirts that he offered. I thought this was great. I love it. A Lori in California wrote in to ask what my thoughts were on early homeschool graduates taking classes, quote, for free at the local public community colleges. She said, we were considering an online option of some general education classes for our 16-year-old as she has finished her high school requirements and is wanting to move forward. I do not have peace about allowing my 16-year-old to be part of a system that I fought not to be part of. Nothing is free, right? Uh, Lori, yeah, you right. So again, this is going to bum some people out. But here's what I have come to believe. And I think that my, uh, my thinking on this is in line with what I've been teaching you guys for years about the reason that I so do not trust the public education system. Nothing is free. And here's my here's my main beef with this because I've I've known lots of people and I realize that uh you know some kids can come out of this and be just fine. But here's my question. Why are we rushing a 16-year-old? So let's say that your 16-year-old finishes their high school uh, requirements. This happens quite frequently in homeschooling because kids are allowed to work ahead. They don't have the interruption of the busy work that you often see in the uh, government school system. And so many times these kids will finish uh, a couple years ahead of schedule. So my question then is, why do we feel compelled to send our children, our 16-year-old kids, to an adult campus so that they can get a, a free education. So here in, in uh, the Pacific Northwest, we call it running start. And when kids are juniors in high school, you know, they're 16, 17, 18, they can apply to, and, and free, they can take classes here at our local community colleges. And I'm telling you what, you guys, what's happening on your college campuses, your community colleges, is no place for a 16-year-old kid. That's for sure. I'd rather see my child uh, start to enter the workforce or maybe take those couple of years and learn how uh, learn how to run his or her own business. Start teaching your children entrepreneurship and uh, and pursuing the dreams and passions that they have. But I see absolutely no reason to take part of a system that is bankrupt both morally and educationally just because it's free and because your child is 16 years old. Sarah in Wisconsin Sarah wrote in to say, what is your view of celebrating pregnancy out of wedlock? I know every child is a blessing, but I cannot help but not want to congratulate someone, especially a Christian, on a baby conceived and born out of wedlock. All right. This is a this is a an, an interesting question, Sarah, because 
the Bible teaches us that children are a gift from the Lord. And if there was a child that you heard about that was conceived in rape, for example, uh, God has a plan for that child. And when you're talking about um, a Christian couple that has engaged in sexual sin and the the woman wound up pregnant, what I what I don't want to encourage you to do is to shun that woman, right? There is not one sin that is more devastating in terms of our standing before God than any other sin. And so the sin of lying and the sin of fornication are the same in the eyes of God. It's all sin separates us from God. And so I would encourage you not to elevate this sin above another sin. And I'm not saying that you go up to someone who's obviously been, you know, uh, fooling around and not doing what God would want him to do and say, wow, it's just so great. Obviously, right, that what they were doing was not pleasing to the Lord. But that woman then, that girl at that point has the option of terminating the life of her unborn baby. And in many cases, and this was certainly true generations ago, young girls that found that they were pregnant outside of wedlock were shunned by their by their uh, communities. They were ridiculed. They were maligned. Uh, oftentimes, parents kicked them out of their houses. Uh, God forbid that we should ever do that when we find out that uh, someone in our community is uh, pregnant. Instead, we need to do everything we can to help because now the decision's already been made. Right, so the decision has been made. The decision to uh, to go outside of God's uh, design for sex, which is inside of marriage, and once we go outside of that, right, we're always taking a chance that we could bring a human life into the world, and that human life should be protected and celebrated and loved. And the best pay, the best way to do that is not to shun the young girl or the woman who has found out that she is pregnant, and so. I think you can love that young girl without condoning the pattern or the uh, the maybe it's not a pattern. Maybe it was a one off. I don't know. But we can love the the woman, the mother and love her child without condoning sin. And so I would if it was me and that was somebody in my life and I have been here before, I would be like, oh, man, I heard about this. What can I do to help you? I love you. I love you. Let's get through this thing. Let's get through this thing. That's what she needs to hear. She needs to hear that she's loved, that she's loved by you. But more importantly, she needs to hear that she's loved by God. And what an amazing opportunity that you have right now to engage with this young girl and show her the love of Christ as she walks this thing out. Remember, you've got a human being that uh, in this country right now, we routinely throw away our, uh, our, young, our young babies through murder, through abortion, and that grieves the heart of God. And so love this young woman and encourage her and bless her in any way that you can. I hope the church comes alongside her and does that. Uh, Wonderful Apple podcast review left by Sarah. She said, Heidi, thank you for your wisdom and always putting God into everything. You're welcome, Sarah. Thank you for listening to the show. And Sam and Ben's mom, I love that that's your name on Apple. She said, keep it up, Heidi. Your podcast is encouraging and inspiring. You guys are encouraging and inspiring. I really appreciate that. Uh, I've got time for, it looks like, one more question today. And so I'm going to read this one from Stephanie in California. She said, what are your thoughts about Christians who continue to support Disney? Well, I'll tell you what, Stephanie, uh, I'm no fan of Disney, as you guys well know, and I've chosen not to support them with my money, but I'm also not going to sit here and condemn people who do it. Listen, we, at some point, we're going to have to make a decision 
to support or not support these woke, broken, evil, wicked companies. But then, you know, to me, you know, people talk to me all the time. Do you do you use Amazon? Do you, you know, a lot of these things we do out of convenience. Disney is one of those things where I'm just like, oh, man, that's rough. You guys go to the Ark Encounter. Go support people with your money who are actually doing good things and are are bringing good things to the world. Disney is not bringing good things to the world. So am I mad at people for taking their kids to Disney? No. Do I think it's unwise? Yes. And 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 every chance I get, I'm going to say there are lots of alternatives. Dollywood comes to mind. You know, my goodness, we took our kids to Dollywood. Uh, take them there. Go to Colonial Williamsburg. Goodness sake, do that. Go to visit... Mount Vernon, go see Monticello, go start visiting the fields of Gettysburg and some of the wonderful monuments that are around the country. But for the love of all things, don't give your money to Disneyland or to Disney World. This is a disgusting company that is pushing an ideology that is absolutely harming children. And I find it fascinating that they are they built an empire on entertaining children. And now they're using the money in that empire to harm and hurt children. So I think we just keep giving people uh, good alternatives. Again, I can't say it strongly enough. Take your kids to Branson, Missouri. Uh, Go see the Sight and Sound Theater. For goodness sake, there's a great idea. Or go and see the Ark Encounter and go to see the Creation Museum. If you're going to spend money on entertainment, there are much better places to do it than the disgusting, broken company that is Walt Disney. Last question today, and this is a big one, comes from an anonymous listener in Tennessee. She says, can you address summer camps? and encourage parents to do their due diligence with overnight camps. This is in regard to lodging for males and females. Please encourage them to ask questions. We did and ended up pulling our daughter from a camp because they would not ensure only females in lodging and bathrooms. Okay, so you you guys have heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again. I am not a fan of overnighters. I don't like sleepovers for children. If you don't know that family very, very well, why in heaven's name are you allowing your kid to spend unsupervised time uh, there overnight with kids that you don't know in families that you don't know? I think it's unwise. I feel the same way about camps. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, I can't believe she said that. There are some great Christian camps. Yes, there are. And I worked at a great Christian camp when I was a young person. And a lot of horrifying things happened at that great Christian camp. And so I'm here to tell you right now, you can't hide from everything, right? But you got to be wise. Ask questions. Are the kids going to be supervised? Are they going to be, you know, what are what are the sleeping arrangements? What is your policy on kids and pronouns? What are you going to do if a transgender, uh, a man comes and says, you know, hi, my name is Becky. And you can see that he has an Adam's apple. What are you going to do then? You got to start asking questions. Listen, our kids have one shot at childhood, one shot. And I always feel like the most important thing, one of the most important things that we can ever do for our children is to give them a childhood that they don't look back on with regret. Is there a guarantee that our kids will walk with the Lord if we do everything so-called, you know, just right? No, but we want to do everything we can to protect the hearts and minds of our children. And I'm here to tell you, and I probably could have a bunch of people on the show that would tell you the same thing. Some of the things that happen at these summer camps, even Christian summer camps, have been devastating. They've had devastating results for kids. And so do your homework. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a much bigger proponent of day camps for kids. I really like that. I'm a huge fan of vacation Bible school 
And I love these, you know, five-day camps where the kids and they're going, they're learning something in the daytime. Maybe they're taking a ceramics class or they're learning art or maybe they have a theater day camp during the summer. But overnight camps, as the culture gets more and more out of control, the overnight camp thing to me becomes fraught with difficulty. And I would just encourage you, again, I'm not going to say it's a sin to send your kid to one of these camps, but I also think we can be very, uh, we can lack wisdom and discernment and we must be very wise when we're choosing uh, where our kids will spend the night and who they'll interact with, whether it's a Christian camp or whether it isn't, you got to do your homework. All right, you guys, that's all I've got time for today. If you'd like to have your question addressed here at the show, I would love to hear from you. You can shoot it to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I hope I see you out on the road this year. Really looking forward to touching base with you and hugging a bunch of your necks. And in the meantime, I hope that you'll love your people well. And I'll see you back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.